Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 253. And we are finally getting back to part two of Tom Breeze's episode on how to crush it in 2020 with YouTube ads. And if you've not listened to episode 246, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it prior to listening to this episode here, because Tom sort of lays the foundation for what makes a great YouTube ad. And this guy has been doing this for over seven years now, has spent tens of millions of dollars on YouTube ads. And he talks about audiences, ad formats, and especially with the audiences, how you should talk to each level of audience. For us, we do that through the ad amplifier system where we talk to audiences where they are sort of in the process, where they are in your customer value journey. Well, it's a little bit different on YouTube. So head on back to 246 and listen to that episode. And also he really laser focuses on one type of ad format on YouTube that his agency focuses on more than any others. So really will help you with avoiding the shiny object syndrome of all the different formats. There's a lot of formats. There might've actually been more formats introduced since we actually did that episode back in late March. But the point is, is that YouTube can really work for businesses to expand their business, grow their business, in addition to other types of media like Facebook and SEO and all the other sorts of things, Google pay-per-click that we talk about here on Perpetual Traffic. So in part two here on how to positively crush it with YouTube ads in 2020, Tom gets further into creative and how to actually create the video. Remember, YouTube is a purely video format, so you do have to create videos. Well, how to do it to create conversions, but also do it so that you're not spending tens of thousands of dollars on post-production and all those other sorts of things and hiring actors and doing all these crazy things. Tom does it a really simple way and he gets into it here in part two. So without further ado, how to positively crush it with YouTube's ads in 2020 with Tom Breeze. Take it away. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, 
my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Let's talk about number two here, which is the creative side. And this is something that we spoke about a, a fair bit before we started recording here. Like, how do you actually approach these audiences and like from an audience here that is mostly Facebook and Instagram and obviously some uh, other platforms as well. Like, How do you relate YouTube ads back to the creative? Or if you even have stuff for Facebook, you said for remarketing, if you got something for Facebook, you can probably use that. But mm -hmm. if you're going after the cold traffic, probably not. What recommendations do you have from the creative side? Yeah, exactly. So as you quite rightly say, I think with remarketing traffic, think of it like a a checkout shopper like that. They've got products under their hands. They're wanting to buy from you and you're just trying to ease that process as much as possible. Or they're considering buying from you. When you then go into the cold traffic and really I'm thinking like placement targeting, which is like the individual videos that people are watching or keyword targeting based on what they've been typing in recently and the types of videos they've been watching. And then you also have custom intent, uh, which is where you kind of build an audience based off search uh, terms you would type in. So you're like, I want to build an audience of people that type in this type of stuff. And then Google will build audiences for you based on their data. So those are kind of like the cold traffic, but search traffic uh, that we can get in front of people based on their recent behavior or their existing behavior, like what's happening right now at this, at this moment. And when those people are on YouTube and you realize like they're in search mode, they're in research mode, then you start to just realize, okay, cool. Like here's again, what I would say to them if I knew that they were almost like coming into my store and they were interested in kind of solving a problem or looking for a product that would like like be the solution they're looking for. So a lot of the times people don't know exactly what they want, but they know what result they want. So, okay, I want to buy a TV, let's say, for example, but they don't know which model is right for them and all the intricacies of each product and all the features that would be right for them and their family and how it's going to look like. But they just like, I want it to look cool. I don't want to take up too much space. I just want it to be smart and I don't know, what have you got? Like that's, a lot of people might be in that mindset. But it, likewise, a lot of people, we do a lot of work with like companies that are doing lead gen and digital products and things like that. And it's like one of our clients is in the golf space and we don't go out with like an ad that's like, hey, if you want to play better golf, like find out more here because it's a very, very generic, like everyone's thinking like that. So we might just go down one level and be like, right, what are the problems that people face when they're playing golf? Because that's what people are actually typing in. And they might be like, mm. how to fix my slice. Uh, that's a big one for a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. Or how to hit a draw, which is kind of the same thing, but just phrased differently. And then some people are like, well, how do I hit it further? Or I'm getting really old and my body doesn't work in the same way as all the pros tell me to hit the ball. And so how do I hit when I'm 
70, how do I hit the ball and still enjoy my game? Like there's people with different mindsets and kind of they'll be typing in different things into YouTube. And so when we know that, it's so much easier to start at that point to be like, okay, cool. We know what we need to say now. We know what their intent is based on their search behavior. So do you narrow your creative based upon that research or do you do something much more broad and then do more narrow? Yeah, it, it's a lot easier to get better results when it's a bit more narrow, but you've got to have a bit of a, okay. like, like what you well, I, I don't even know what you talked about when you're talking about playing your guitar and getting something to tune in to some, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That, <laughs> Restringing a bridge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that would be, yeah. That's a, that's a, that might be a little bit too niche, but I don't know about the guitar world well enough to know if that is or not. That might be still searched and people like looking that stuff up all day long. Like you can see like millions of views on fixing a boiler or something like that. There's just millions and millions of people like typing in their exact model type and then you see like millions of views on a video that you think, how on earth does that get so many views? Um, but it's because there's a lot of people doing that. And there might be a lot of people doing that in the guitar world. So it's more a case of just understanding a happy medium between too broad and too specific. So you've still got a lot of volume, but it can be, you can still know what the desires are of the viewer. Um, and you can tap into that. But I feel like that's the really interesting thing about YouTube is that it's a search engine. And based on what you're saying from like a SEO perspective, you're targeting the long tail keywords, like the very specific niche keywords that people are typing in that would be specific to your business. So my question is, because YouTube is a search engine, it's the second largest search engine, and you want to target people with those specific keywords, assuming you have to do some kind of you know, in order to get to know your audience, you're going to have to do some kind of keyword research. So how are you doing like keyword research in order to figure out what those very specific keywords are? Good question. So when it comes to the actual targeting times, we start with our, our moment, we call it. So it's like our customer moment, like when they type in this, we'll be there with this ad. Like that's like when we start to build out a hypothesis yeah. of like, here's what we expect to happen. But we're really getting into the client, like our customer's mindset to be like, okay, cool. When they type in that type of keyword, and there might be a whole cluster of keywords around that area, we'll be like, We've picked it carefully because we know there's enough volume and we know that it's people who actually have that intent. There's no ambiguity around it. Yeah. And we say, great, we know exactly what they're looking for if they type in that stuff. And they're kind of perfect customers for us. Now we know what the creative needs to be. When we're actually doing the keyword research, we kind of start with like our moment to say, if they type in this type of keyword, and then what we actually do is we go and type that keyword into YouTube and see what comes up. Because you start yeah. to realize there's so much stuff that comes up that you'd never thought. Because YouTube is very contextual. It's not so careful about the exact wording. It's more like, oh, you typed in that? We kind of know what you're looking for. Here's a video that will help you. And it's based off multiple indicators. So if you yeah. type in something like how to get my baby to sleep at night, then I did this recently. The third one that comes up is about lullabies. And you think, I, I never typed in lullabies, but I understand why I'm seeing a video mm. about lullabies. And so you get a lot of that on YouTube. So you start to see all these like little angles that you didn't appreciate beforehand. And that's the nuance of YouTube is that it's contextual based on your search. So it's not going to show you exactly like semantically. Here's the, here, like Google would. It's, like, it's not going to yeah. show it like that. It's going to show it like, okay, we've got a good video for that type of search term. Here you go. And it's like, you look at the title, you're like, well, it's not got any of the words I typed in, but still the context is right. And so it's less about the words. It's more about like, the video that's going to be most useful for you. So when we do it, we'll kind of go down and we literally just scrape the titles of the videos, maybe repurpose them a little bit or shorten them up a little bit just to make sure they fit. 
and then stick them into the keyword and just see how they work. Because it's amazing sometimes you get to these really long tail keywords or slightly irrelevant keywords in our minds when we're actually advertising on behalf of a client. And then some of them just work ridiculously well. And you're like, great, I never thought that that really long tail keyword would work, but hell, it's working crazy, like, yep. like, like working really well. So we, we don't try and be so like keyword driven. We kind of like, we do do a lot of throwing a lot of keywords at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. But um, let's just see like how it works. And then once we start getting some more ideas about that, then we start taking some of those keywords and then putting those keywords in. So we might just put like lullabies into the title and then see what comes up there. And some of that stuff might work, some of it might not work, but you start to get a real feel for what's happening on YouTube when people are typing these types of keywords um, and you can dial it in. So that's kind of how we do our keyword research to a certain extent. It's like an ever evolving yeah. process. And then it sounds like that drives the creative that you're making based on the research that you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. So then I look at the ad moving to the offer rather like a bit of a bridge to be like, here's what you're looking for and here's what we've got. What experience are we going to put in the middle of that to make sure it actually happens so you actually buy our product? And you can go about it to trying to create the perfect ad for an audience. But if you think of it like an experience, like you've got more options than just running an ad to an offer you've got a lot more at your disposal if you're a good marketer and you can start to be like, right, what experience would I actually build for somebody? If Again, if I was standing in front of them and they're searching for this, what I, what would I like to do? So that kind of starts moving us down the road to more of the offer side. And it, because the way that yeah. I think of ads and offers, it's kind of, I look at it slightly differently, partly because we have a lot of clients that come to us with their Facebook optimized offer and they say, will this work on YouTube? And I'm like, may do, but we need to tweak it a little bit. Like, because we know that they're looking for this and you're not really talking about that. You're kind of like, this ad would be perfect for people based on their interest, but not based on their intent at this moment in time. So we need to just tweak it a little bit. Sell the same thing, just position it differently um, sometimes. And that's that's kind of how we look at it. Yeah. So, I mean, the number three part to this whole thing is the offer side of the equation. It's really interesting to hear you say, all right, well, I might have this that I'm using on Facebook right now. We're just sort of using that as an example. But you look at it and you say, hmm, that might not work. Now you could use it for your retargeting ads to start off with, which is number one and what we talked about here. But like, what would that be? Like, how do you look at something and you say, all right, that is not quite right. Like what sort of clicks in your minds to get into, because you're like brilliant at this kind of stuff. I mean, I know that's going to be used against me later on because I just gave you- <laughs> I've got it recorded. You know, yeah. Big props. <laughs> yeah. It is recorded. Yeah. Sadly. Um, but the point is, is like something in a marketer's mind, like for you, you're like, eh, it's not quite right. Like, what is that? Like, what are you looking for? It sometimes feels like from a YouTube perspective, when someone's coming across on Facebook and, and doing really, really well and spending, let's say a million a month or something, or, I mean- that's the high end. But like, even if you're spending, let's say, $15,000 a month and doing a good job, that's or even less yeah. than that. Like, it's still, it's, good. It's still crazy <laughs> good. Yeah. Are you making money? Great. And when I look at Facebook, like, I can understand why an offer works really well because it's compelling. It's a kind of a shiny object. You're like, yeah, I want that. That's a, that looks really, really cool. But you weren't looking for it at that moment. So you, it wasn't like you were pre-qualified or you'd shown any behavior at that moment in time to say, I'm looking for that thing. So when you see it, you're like, yeah, I like that. I like the idea of that. And that fits my interests. I'm going to check it out. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're easily persuaded based on the fact that like, you're, like, you're interested from the very beginning. So like I look at Facebook advertising and interest-based advertising that you also get on Google and YouTube is like the window shoppers. They're outside the store, they're walking past <laughs> your store and they look through and they see these kind of like 
these things in the window and they're thinking, actually, yeah, that's that looks really interesting. And then they might think, well, I might go into the store then and just find out a little bit more. And so because it's piqued your interest, right? It's kind of somewhat like you've, you've looked in, it fits your interest and you're like, yeah, I'm going to investigate more. I'm going to click that ad and go in, so to speak, into the store. With YouTube, you do get that a lot as well, especially when you start to scale up. But with the search-based audience, it's like they already started in your store. They never got interested. They, like, they didn't even walk past the store. They kind of started in, in the store. They already were, they may have even done some research before and they thought about this problem for a long time. They've gone to YouTube to try and solve this problem they've been experiencing for a while. So it's almost like they're pretty kind of educated up, so to speak, on, on their problem and what they need to do about it. But they just haven't made a decision yet. And they're still like, they might know what they need to do, but they think, oh, I don't know if that's the right vehicle or method for me just yet. And so you're dealing with a very different type of customer. If you're dealing with someone who's like a outside the store, who is a window shopper who comes in, it's actually quite easy to persuade them and like showcase what you've got so they might make a purchase. Whereas if they're already in store and they know what the problem is and you try and force your um, offer on them, they're going to be like, nah, I'm not sure. It's not really what I'm looking for right now. I've made more conscious thought about this before making this decision. So with the way I think about it with YouTube, you can still stay with the same offer. You just need to position it based on what the person's looking for. And that might sound like a lot of work, but it's really not. What you do instead, and which I think is like the ad experience as such, and this makes your ads on YouTube a lot easier to create as well. And this is something we're working a lot on now and like is a big focus for us as an agency, is we're starting to say, well, stick with your offer because obviously it's converting. It's, it's really been honed in. You've worked on the CRO and it's, your conversion rates are improving all the time. Your AOV is solid. You've built a whole, this whole funnel fits your whole business. So let's not play around with that. That's good. It's just the way that people get there now. So let's say, for example, we were talking about earlier about like a supplement, like for health. But let's say, for example, you had a supplement and a series of supplements, like let's say three or four of them. Then uh, from YouTube, I wouldn't say, hey, look, if you're looking to fix this problem with your health, and if you, you know what that search term might be, I wouldn't try and prescribe that product or that bundle of products to the person that's looked up a certain thing. Because again, you wouldn't do that in real life. And it's difficult to get someone to convert to an offer that you've put together without considering the individual. And so what you want to do instead potentially is to be like, hey, look, we've been selling these supplements and it's been helping millions of people or hundreds of people or how many people you've helped with your supplements. And so they have got the results they've been looking for. Here's the before and afters and what you can do on YouTube, by the way. And it makes people feel like, okay, cool. I, I trust the brand. I, I trust the products. I know they work for other people, but I bet it won't work for me. We always think that anyway mm -hmm. as, a, as a consumer, but more on right. YouTube. So then you can be honest with them and say, but before we help you, we need to know more about you because how like we can't just prescribe one thing to you and say, this is the way to do it. We want to find out a little bit more about you first and what might be right for you. And even if we can actually help with your problem that you're facing right now. So you're kind of like, it's a Cialdini response where you're kind of like pulling away and saying, we can't help you until we know more. So you kind of like build instant trust and you kind of feel like, okay, cool. I want to find out more then and see if you actually can help me. So then you might put them through some sort of decision tree funnel, so to speak, where it just says, okay, let me ask you a few questions. Are you male or female? Are you, well, you ask whatever questions are relevant both for the user and for you as a company to be able to market more efficiently, but make it feel like these questions are purely designed to help you as a user. And at the end of that, they might opt in for the answer or they might usually might just send them straight through to the answer. But now you have a bespoke package, like a tailored package 
for the user based on what they want. Um, so you went back to, if we go back to the TV scenario, for example, you might say, okay, what's important for you in a TV? And they might you make three or four key decisions. And if you're like a sales associate for a company, you'll probably know which questions to ask in order to filter the product based on what the user wants. And then what you do is you position, you say, okay, well, here's the perfect TV for you. And if that one's not right, there's three or four more others just like it. But this is like our most um, popular one that people absolutely love. And as a result, you're kind of like, you're taking all that decision-making that, and all that skepticism that the viewer might have, and you're actually giving them something that is really, really valuable. And as I said, it doesn't need to be that you have to change your whole funnel around. It can just be like, you just position the same thing you've got, but just highlight some of the features that are going to be really beneficial to the viewer. And I feel like even just the process of asking more questions it does. It, it builds trust in your customer. I mean, we do that here at DM. Like a lot of our funnels are designed to ask more questions of our user to have a better understanding of what they're looking for in their business. But I mean, even when I'm getting targeted with ads on any platform, like I think I was trying to buy a specific dog food that I kept getting targeted for. And they got me all the way through the funnel just by like, hey, take this quick survey to see if this is right for your dog. But I had been mm. getting targeted for it for so long that eventually <laughs> I was like, well, wait a minute. I've been seeing this so often. Is it right for me? And then I ended up like all the way, you know, eventually to the checkout page because I was like, oh, well, this is the kind of dog I have. And she's a mixed breed and she's a female. And sh these are like the problems that she has. It does it like it's almost therapeutic in a way where you're like working with a company to figure out what problem you're trying to solve as you're trying to figure out what product is right for you. It just, it makes so much sense. Well, the big thing about this, and that's completely right, you customize the offer for the user. This doesn't have to be a, a long-term funnel that you use forever. It's more like yeah. an information gathering process. So you're like, ah, okay, cool. I get it from YouTube. My customers actually want this. Um, and so you can start to position it and be like, okay, cool. Now we're going to go straight from cold traffic straight to this offer because we know that's exactly what people want potentially. It's almost like a, a tool to discover more about your customers. But we love running it because, yes, you get to be born bespoke, and it doesn't actually take that much work normally. It's normally just a, an extra few videos to be like, okay, cool. You want this coffee machine? Let me just walk you through, like, based on what you told me and the types of coffees and when you have them and what type of coffee you like and things. And let me just show you some of the cool features about this coffee machine that you're going to absolutely love and see how it integrates to your family perfectly. And then you just like show them the video and then you say, so if you're ready to go and buy, go to the sales page and go and buy now. And so it, it doesn't need to be too much extra work necessarily. But the beauty as an advertiser is, yes, the bespoke tailored approach is great. But second of all, what you're doing is you're, if you take every action that people take and every button they click and build an audience based off that, immediately you can start to be like, all right, the vast majority of our people are going this way. Now I can show them a really, really helpful remarketing ad. Because now if I know that your dog is a big dog and has a certain <laughs> problem, or you want its health to be good and how, and how old the dog is and things like that, now when I create my ads, I know exactly what to show you. <laughs> yep. I know kind of like, <laughs> and I don't have to say like, hey, I know your dog is like this. It's more a case if I can say, all right, look, when you have a slightly older a dog big breed, and, yep. and it's a big breed, then you really should like consider this type of nutritional plan. And here's yeah. why. And immediately like, okay, I'm listening to this ad and now I want to buy that product because it sounds like you actually genuinely are interested in me and my dog and give me the and best And it's extremely solution. relevant to me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, so you can start to segment your audiences. You know where they're coming from. You can also exclude audiences as well because if you know that like the small yappy dog 
owners <laughs> just don't buy anything, then you're like, okay, cool. People with small yappy dogs, we're not going to start promoting to those people quite so hard on YouTube. We're going to even build a look, uh, a similar audience to those people and then exclude them from all of our campaigns if you really want to do that. So you can be, sorry, I'm, I'm not being rude to anybody who's got a yappy dog. And I think you're just as... <laughs> no, that's all right. We don't like yappy <laughs> Okay, dogs. fine. Okay, perfect. Okay, I'm double down now. <laughs> um, yeah. But the... Uh, Drop the hammer. On. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be kicking them. No problem. Um, yeah. um, but the... Kicking going on in this show. That's exactly it. So you can kind of start to be very careful about who you're getting in front of with what messaging and who you're not getting in front of as well. And as soon as you start to realize that and you start to see how YouTube can really help you with that, you start to understand your audience much better. And then, as you say, like you don't necessarily have to use that funnel forever. It's just more a case of like you get to understand what your customers are, are wanting and then you can tailor your message for those, for those people. They still say this, sell the same offer. Your product doesn't need to change or your digital product or your service doesn't need to change. You just need to position it as such so you can be bespoke to your viewer. Well, that was my next question. You know, we were having this conversation the other day on what our lifespan should be of a Facebook ad and or even just creative and how often we should be switching out, switching out ads and switching things up so they look different to our different audiences. Like what's the timeline on YouTube? Like what do you suggest in terms of like keeping things fresh or do they have a much longer lifespan? What's the kind of time frame? Yeah. So when it comes to like the remarketing, if you set that up in such a way where people are only going to see those ads if they've taken some action then those videos are pretty much just optimized and set up and it's working well for you. It's pretty much evergreen at that point. Yeah. Like it's kind of like you don't need to fiddle with that anymore unless you change your funnel. So it's like, great, that's kind of running nicely and you probably won't need to change anything ever, maybe, unless it looks really aged in five years' time or something. Um, <laughs> then with the search-based behavior, again, you're only going to be getting in front of people when they're looking for stuff. So again, that's going to be... Unless you go really hard at it, you're not going to have too much fatigue there. You're probably going to be able to run a piece of creative for six months, if not longer, pretty aggressively. Mm. It's harder to create the creative and make it work, I believe, on YouTube than Facebook. But once you've got a good piece of creative on YouTube, then you're like, great, let's keep that running. Don't exhaust it. Don't like go crazy on it just because it's good. <laughs> it's, it's working well in one capacity or a few capacities. Like, Don't overdo it because otherwise you're going to ruin it a little bit. And then when you go to the window shopper type stuff, that's when you really are scaling a lot more aggressively. And there you probably will find you need to start rotating some creative quite regularly. Probably once every 45 days, you'll probably be looking and saying like, do I need to change this? But what we do is we'll build a certain creative, test a few of them and find out which ones win. And then as soon as one's showing any signs of fatigue, we bring the next one in. You have the backlog ready. Yeah, exactly. It tested backlog. So we know that like, they're all going to perform pretty well. But that can just be sometimes just changing out the first 30 seconds or the first 10 seconds sometimes. And that can do the job um, yeah. just so it's a little bit different. So that ask funnel type of questionnaire after the initial ad, I mean, is that the majority of the ads that you run right now? Or those are just the ones that you start off with and you get the market intelligence and then you switch to something that's more broad-based so the, still the majority of the ads we'll run will be going straight from cold traffic to an offer um like a, a, at the moment and that's because we've got a lot of history in the accounts we know them very well got and it. it's kind of we end up there normally uh just because it's like right this ad works ridiculously well going straight to that offer remove any steps and just get people and we, we've got the data to help us with that process but now when we work with any client that's new and they've been doing really well on facebook and we want to get live on youtube 
we would normally say, let's do this like remarketing omnipresent thing. So like we start siphoning off all your traffic from Facebook and other sources and make sure they get a great experience on YouTube first, just build that out. But most people come to us because they want brand new customers straight away. And so we're kind of, it forces our hands somewhat to just go straight into cold. And that's where we sometimes add in this ask kind of method questionnaire to begin with. So again, like the majority of our clients are going straight to cold, but we have to filter so carefully and qualify our clients so carefully based on the ones that we think would work. But if I was to advise people, if you want to get into YouTube from Facebook and stick with the same offer and you know what your targeting is and you kind of know what your ad needs to be, just by adding that kind of ask bridge, so to speak, that ask funnel bridge in between, it gives you everything you need to know into terms of like, because the other thing we haven't spoken about is that the fact that it kind of when you go through that route, you get two indicators that are really helpful. It's like sometimes when you run an ad campaign, you're not sure if it's the targeting's not not great or the quality of the traffic's not great. And you're like, well, which one is it? Is it the targeting or is the creators not working well or is it just people aren't buying? Is it poor quality traffic? What What is it? But if you see people are engaging with your ask funnel, so to speak, and they're kind of going through that funnel. And you can be like, well, look, they're engaging all the way through. It's not like it's bad quality targeting. People are, are still engaging with the funnel. They're just not buying something. You're like, great, well, now I can at least fix that problem and not have to kind of wonder which problem it is, which Got is really it. helpful as well. Yeah, diagnose along the way, 100%. Yeah. I think you know these three steps here are not things that a lot of people are really teaching. I mean, it's it's counterintuitive in, in a lot of ways. It's sort of thinking everything in reverse, which is what I love about this. And especially coming from the Facebook and Instagram side of the equation, I mean, a lot of people that listen to this show every single week already have those assets. So this is like an easy pathway to at least start and at least skim off the cream, so to speak, right off the top, the stuff that you can get through retargeting, but also really thinking about how can I use those audiences and as well as like what that data says, but then how do I start going after the cold audiences, which is really sort of cracking the code here. And I think it's, uh, you know, what you're recommending here is is not what a lot of people are are recommending, Tom. Hmm. And it's this is really awesome stuff here. And, you know, I think that uh, we should not wait three years to have you back on here <laughs> again. Are you basically asking um, for a friend? <laughs> yeah, I really am. And forgiveness. How about that? Yeah. Forgiveness first. So yeah, so the three steps that Tom talked about here today is targeting. Number two is creative. And the third one is the offer, which we've gotten into here in the last 20 minutes or so. But this is tremendous. And you know, if people wanted to find out more about you, Tom Breeze, where would they find you? So you can go to viewability.co.uk. That is where our agency and some of our trainings are held. And then if you want to kind of find out more about myself, then it's tombreeze.com. And uh, funny enough, we have our own Will YouTube Ads Work For You on tombreeze.com very soon. Uh, and so like we're currently updating it slightly, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be available very soon. And then you can go through exactly one of those funnels and we can retarget you and kick you down <laughs> to buy our products <laughs> in due course. Kick, yeah. kick, <laughs> kick, and more kick. And I find the most captivating search on Google is Tom Breeze Blue Suit. So definitely <laughs> check out that one. Oh, God. Tom is known for his dashing blue suits, which none of us can seem to find here in the US, but he's got like a, an entire closet full. It's electric blue. Uh, it's beautiful. The, electric blue. It's beautiful. <laughs> so definitely Google that one. But no, thanks for coming on this week. Viewability.co.uk is the URL. 
So all the resources and links that we mentioned in this episode, head on over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 253 on how to positively crush it on YouTube ads and definitely a medium you should start using in your business. So until next week, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.